The grace and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you this morning, my dear sisters and brothers. I know that we are all rather disappointed that we are returning to this mode of worshiping together, but it is my sincere prayer that this will be only for a time. This is unfortunately necessary in the times and circumstances that we find ourselves, and I know that it comes as quite a shock and quite a disappointment during this season of Advent and Christmas. However, I do feel assured that if we are earnest in our Christian faith and in our love for one another, that we can make this an Advent and Christmas that is just as meaningful as it would be if we were meeting in person. And so I would like to ask that we join our hearts together in our opening prayer. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Because this is the first Sunday of Advent, we will be still carrying through with our tradition of lighting the Advent wreath in anticipation of the coming incarnation of our Savior Jesus Christ. If you would join together with me in this Advent prayer. Father God, we thank you that you have promised to be with us no matter what difficult circumstances invade our lives, and we lift up our many brothers and sisters in Christ who are facing incredibly hard times. We are watching and waiting for the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ and join with the Spirit in praying, Come, Lord Jesus. In these increasingly difficult times, we ask for your strength and courage to face whatever lies ahead, knowing that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, and that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so, despite these difficult times. We light this first candle of the Advent wreath, recognizing the peace that Christ brings us, even in times of darkness. Amen. Our Old Testament 
reading this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry, and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. Our epistle lesson this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has become strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, our gospel lesson this morning comes from the gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. Here now these words of gospel truth. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the earth. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. 
Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. These are the words of Scripture which testify to the truth who is Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Thanks be to God. That passage that I just read from the Gospel is known sometimes affectionately in theological circles as the small apocalypse of Mark. It certainly is a, a, a smaller, encapsulated version of the greater apocalypse that we see in the book of Revelation that we had been discussing in our Bible study recently. And that might seem like a very strange selection of a passage for the beginning of the Advent season. And we we hear about you know the the sky darkening and the stars falling and it, that just seems so contrary to what we normally think of as this season of preparation as we are getting ready for Christmas and indeed these times that we are in might seem very contrary to the spirit that we are accustomed to having during Advent. Certainly, this mode of meeting together here online, something that we hoped we had already put behind us once and for all, is contrary to what we might expect for the Advent season. And it can be a sore and bitter disappointment for us. Or at least it can be a sore and bitter disappointment for us if we forget what Advent is about. You see, this Advent season that we are entering in today is intended to be a season of preparation for the coming of Christ. Now, we often, and not incorrectly, traditionally think of it as a season where we prepare for celebrating the birth of the baby Jesus. But at a much deeper level, Advent is also supposed to be a time that we modern-day living Christians are preparing for the coming of Christ, the royal king. You see, this Advent waiting and preparation season is not merely a remembrance or a reenactment, but we are genuinely 
in a time of waiting and preparation for the coming of Christ. And as we hear in our gospel lesson, there are a lot of things that will point the way to the coming of Christ. And sometimes that coming is going to be presaged with things that seem jarring and harsh. The coming of Jesus Christ is not necessarily something that is going to be heralded by simplicity. And believe me, simplicity is not something that we see these days. The circumstances of being Christian in this day and age, especially when we are still in the throes of a deadly pandemic, we see just how complex, just how very complex, being a faithful Christian can genuinely be. Now, I've often said that the 21st century in the church seems to be having more and more in common with the first century of the church. And I think that these circumstances are just more evidence that that is true. Because just as the first century church had to struggle with things like oppression and persecution, it also had to struggle with things that were out of human hands and control. Even the early church had to struggle with deadly plagues. You know, we have to remember that our forerunners, the founders of our church, had to go through deadly persecution from the Roman Empire. They had to deal with plagues and starvation. They had to deal with war and upheaval. For a long time, we Christians could not even meet openly. We had to worship at night, in secret, in graves and tombs. Our church, our faith, had its birth in extraordinarily difficult circumstances. And although we may find these circumstances now challenging, we cannot shy away from facing them with faith and with love. We may not be happy about these circumstances. We may even be angry about them. We certainly are all disappointed about them, but perhaps that's okay. Because that's an indication that we know this isn't the way things should be. And we know that there is a better way that the world and the church can and should be. And that is exactly what we are waiting for, what we are preparing for during this Advent season, knowing that there is a kingdom coming, that Jesus Christ, our Savior, will be victorious over this, and everything, everything in the world will be made right once again. And that we, if we keep faith, and if we labor in love, 
that we will be part of building that kingdom. This may seem like a small apocalypse for us. But we have to remember that these small apocalypses are the forerunners of much better and greater things. That's something that the Apostle Paul was trying to remind us all of in our epistle lesson this morning. When he says that everything that we could possibly need has already been given to us in Christ. All things have been granted. We have been given all of the spiritual gifts that we, re that we require. We have been given the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything that is necessary for us has been given to us, and we are strengthened in Christ. We may not be happy that the church has to be under lockdown again. We may not be happy that day-to-day -day life has been disrupted by this ridiculous virus. We may not be pleased that we cannot celebrate the holiday seasons in the ways that we have in, done in the past. We were not very happy that Easter was disrupted the way that it had been. We were, we were not very happy about Thanksgiving being disrupted. We're not terribly happy about Christmas being disrupted. But we also have to keep in mind that these holidays that we put on the calendar, they are in some sense arbitrary holidays. We decided what date we celebrate these things, and we can celebrate them any time that we wish. And we can celebrate them even on these dates, despite what might happen. We can and will prevail in this. We can and will because Christ has promised us his spirit and strength. And when we rely on his spirit and strength, and when we work diligently and faithfully in the building of this kingdom, all of these small apocalypses pale, and we can push them aside, and we can indeed enjoy the light of Christ's peace that has been promised to us. That's what we do as the Advent people. We watch, we wait, we prepare, and we know that we will not be defeated. We know that Christ, who came initially as a small, helpless babe, comes again as a powerful and victorious king. That is what we wait for. And we know that with the coming of that king, all things will be made right. And his peace and love will prevail. And so, in these days that we are once again communicating with each other virtually, I encourage you to hold on to that faith, to hold on to that spirit which strengthens, and to realize that Christ's peace is coming, 
and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kinds of restrictions may be placed upon us. The kingdom of God will be well. Amen. We have quite a number of prayer concerns to share with one another this morning. Uh, we need to lift up once again uh, Noah Adams, Daryl and Ethel's grandson. Uh, he was exposed to COVID at school and has now been required to quarantine until at least December 4th. And we need to pray that uh, even though he was exposed that he has not become infected. Uh, we also know that there have been some teachers in the uh, Franklin School District that have come down with COVID and students of those teachers have been sent home uh, to quarantine and also have been requested to have testing done. And that is challenging. Uh, we need to also keep Dixie and her family in prayer. Uh, Dixie is recovering from her COVID infection, but on top of that, uh, her brother Denny also uh, fell and uh, hit his head and has been experiencing a brain bleed uh, that was uh, that the, the doctors are not able to control or do anything to help. And so unfortunately, his time on this earth is drawing to a close, uh, and uh, we need to uplift Denny's family, Dixie, uh, Dixie's brother and his family in prayer, because this is a very challenging time, um, especially, you know, the, the fact that the restrictions of COVID have made it difficult, if not impossible, for family members to be able to visit with him and with each other at this time of drawing to transition to the next world. Additionally, uh, we need to keep Dolores Rummel in prayer. Uh, she fell recently and uh, broke her lower leg just below the knee. And unfortunately, because of prior knee surgeries that she has had done, they are not able to do a, a reconstruction with a rod. And so she is going to have to be um, isolated without weight-bearing on that leg for a span of three to four months in order for it to heal. And so she's unable to come home and will have to go to a care facility, at least for the time of convalescence. And so we need to keep Dolores and also Heidi and the rest of the family in prayer as they uh, try to care for Dolores in this time. We need to continue to keep Dick Kerr and his family in prayer. We need to continue to keep Jim Williams and his family in prayer. I would also like to ask that we keep uh, Jane and Paul Jonka in prayer. For many, many of you would know that Paul Jonka was the previous pastor at the Center United Methodist Church. Jane is the organist at uh, Calvary United Methodist Church, Sally's Church, and unfortunately Jane has been diagnosed with COVID also. And so Jane and Paul need to quarantine at this time. 
Um, as you hear, we are hearing more and more cases of COVID popping up in the churches. Uh, this is part of the reason why the churches are going under lockdown at the moment. But we need to keep all of these folks in prayer. And if there are any other prayer concerns that you are aware of, please do pass them on to me and to the prayer chain, and we will make sure that word gets around. And so I would ask that you keep these prayer concerns and all other prayer concerns that you may be aware of in your heart now as we enter into a season of prayer. We seek the mighty God in the most unlikely places, as a child in a stable and in an empty tomb. May God hear these prayers which come from the unlikely corners of our lives. Give us ears to hear, O God, and eyes to watch, that we may know your presence in our midst during this holy season of joy, as we anticipate the coming of Jesus Christ. We ask all of these things in the name of our conquering Savior, Jesus Christ the King, the one who we wait and watch for, the one who will bring us peace in this world, and who joins us all together as children of God. And so we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. At this time, I would like to remind you that once again, tithes and offerings can continue to be sent into the church treasures. And I would ask that we, at this moment of time, enter into a moment of gratitude. Creator of the world, you are the potter, we are the clay, and you form us in your image. Shape our spirits by Christ's transforming power, that as one people we may live out your compassion and justice, whole and sound in the realm of your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, of course, because of the lockdown, uh, we will not be having the Bible studies for the time being. Uh, we are slated to have the uh, leadership group of the church meet again on January 6th to determine the, the, where we move forward with potentially uh, reopening the churches. Uh, but in the meantime, we will be meeting virtually. Now, what that means is that we will once again have this virtual online service each Sunday uh, scheduled for 10 a.m. Currently, you will be able to find it here at Facebook Live. However, uh, we, I, I am, <laughs> even in the midst of all of this trial, good things happen. And one of the things that I am very excited about is that through the diligent hard work of Jim Malliard, the charge is now going to have its own website. Uh, it, it, a, a trial run of it went live yesterday, 
And that will be a way for us to post and communicate across the entire charge. It opens up the format much more broadly than even what we would have on Facebook. And in addition to the uh, charge-wide web page, we also are going to have now our own YouTube channel, which will allow us to uh, do the, the virtual worship on YouTube, which will expand it to a broader audience than even Facebook. It allows us to upload other kinds of videos and materials. And so I am excited that even in the midst of all of this, we do have some new tools for, for outreach that we will have at our fingertips. Now, that said, I am also very, very well aware that not everyone is technologically capable. And so we aren't only going to be reaching out via Internet. Once again, I will be sending out a weekly newsletter that will contain not only news and announcements for the charge, but it will have a transcript of the sermon and, again, Bible study materials. Um, I'm not going to use this as a replacement for the Bible study that we've been engaging in, but I will continue to put materials in that newsletter that are related to the Bible study topics that we had been engaging in in person so that it's not a complete break. We're not going to drop the ball on any of those things. Additionally, we will be exploring perhaps once again meeting uh, together via Zoom that will be a more interactive type of experience than just this one-way means of communication. And when the time comes, I'll be putting information in the newsletter about how to access Zoom. One of the things that is nice about Zoom as a mode of access is that you don't have to have a computer or internet to participate. A plain old-fashioned landline phone will also work and allow you to participate. Uh, because I do think that it is critically important in times like these that we keep the bonds of our community strong. In fact, it's probably more important that we keep them strong in times like these than at any other time. Now, that said, I'm also acutely aware of how important this season really is for us. Christmas is one of the pinnacle uh, holidays of the Christian year, and what I, I will tell you is that we are planning on doing a drive-in service for Christmas Eve so that we have at least that much of uh, in-person human contact, at least so much as we are able to under these circumstances. Now, one of the things that we are asking pe people to do for this drive-through service, and of course this is purely, purely optional, but you know, we, we are tasked with being creative under these challenging circumstances and to somehow make things seem special even when they are challenging. And what we are asking folks to consider doing is decorating their cars uh, when we come together for our uh, drive-in Christmas Eve service so that there is at least some capture of the spirit of the season for us. And now have some more details about that uh, closer to the time. But I am, I am hopeful that everyone will be able to participate in that drive-in service and that despite these circumstances, it will still be a time of celebration and joy and that we can have as much fun with it as we possibly can given what we're given.
And so I would ask now that you receive this benediction. God of justice and peace, from the heavens you rain down mercy and kindness, that all on earth may stand in awe and wonder before your marvelous deeds. Raise our heads in expectation that we may yearn for the coming day of the Lord and stand without blame before your God, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I would ask that we all try to remember the light and the promise of Jesus' peace in this time of trial. May you have a blessed afternoon, and I look forward to talking with you more this week. Amen.